You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your Liberty Preview here on the Locked On Syracuse Podcast. Tyler Aki, Tim Leonard, check the show out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Is Twitter back up, Tim? Is it functioning again? Can can you check us out on Twitter? Did you not see this yesterday? It went down yesterday for... You know, usually these sites, they'll go down for like 20 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe even uh, uh, 45 minutes. It was out for a solid like two, three hours yesterday. It wow, was, I completely missed this. Yeah, I hope we're so, back up and running. <laughs> yeah, I think, I hope, I hope. It was back up and running around like seven o'clock last night. So hopefully it's back up and running and hopefully you can check us out there at LO underscore Syracuse. Also, be sure to subscribe if this is your first time to the podcast. That way you get our content every single day in your podcast feed, the only place for daily Syracuse podcasts. Okay, Liberty, a game that was supposed to be an easy one for the Syracuse team, and it's no longer looking like that (laughs) for a number of reasons. A, Liberty actually has played pretty well so far this season, but also B, in the fact that Syracuse has not. They've struggled offensively. The defense has had some holes as well that they need to patch up. So these two forces now coming at each other is all of a sudden making this a very, very difficult game and one that you and I penciled in as a win at the beginning of the year, and now I don't know if we're feeling the same way. Yeah, I mean, three-point dogs is what it's opened at on Vegas. I never would have thought that. But, I mean, that'll happen when you have the offense that Syracuse has and then you lose Tommy DeVito, so you know it's probably Rex Culpepper starting who knows from there, we can get into that, and we've talked some about what our thoughts are, if you missed that on previous podcasts this week, on sort of our vision of whether they should play the freshman some or not in this game, but you also don't really know about Sean Tucker, that's another wrinkle to this game, and Jawar Jordan, it seems like, is definitely out, but who knows, with Syracuse injury reports, and really college athletics injury reports in general, there's just so many injuries, so many unknowns, I mean, Something that I kind of came across the more I watched back the film from the Duke game, Stephon Thompson didn't play in that game, and that was a key contributor. And it's like, okay, was that just a DNP or was it an injury? I doubt it was a DNP the way he had been playing. So a lot of little pieces like that and a lot of unanswered questions going into this game. And then the big question for Liberty is just, is this a fluke or not? Because they are 4-0, and they're putting up great numbers, and their stats across the board are just way, way more impressive than Syracuse, which isn't saying much. But the thing is, Liberty was supposed to be pretty good last year, and they ran for negative four yards against Syracuse at their place. So was this just Liberty played four really bad teams, which I think we can all agree that is partially it, but how much is just a bad schedule leaning into the fact that Liberty is 4-0 so far. Yeah, there's a couple things that go into this. So the S&P Plus, which is an overall metric and ranking system of efficiency, they slot Liberty in at 77th. But keep in mind here, they were the second biggest mover from a week ago. They were 89th. They are now 77th. For context, Syracuse 91st. And this is ranking everybody, even the team's that have yet to play so far this season. Also, Kirk Herbstreit, he releases his list of the top team performances from the previous yeah, I saw week. That. He had Liberty as number five on his, on his list of teams. So I think that does say a little bit. However, 
to your point as well here, they have played the so second softest schedule behind UTEP in the entire country. So it's tough when you're, especially when you're operating as an independent. Of course, we've seen Notre Dame kind of get the bailout this year because of the fact that the ACC has taken them in. Liberty is not getting those sort of handouts. Now, they are going to be playing a number of teams down the road, including a couple other ACC teams that are higher caliber. But to start, they've played some of the softest opponents. I mean, Western Kentucky, then you go Florida International, Northern Alabama, and then their most recent win, their also most dominant win against Louisiana Monroe. But they are also, by all metrics, the second worst team by S&P Plus that's played so far this season. So... They haven't played anyone. Like, I feel like I'm a, a Paul Feinbaum caller. They ain't played nobody yet, Paul. Like, that's what it is right now with yeah, this Liberty team. Great. But at the same time, they have had a lot of success. Those first couple wins were by narrow margins, but the last two have been blowouts. And while the last two teams are easily the softest on their schedule so far, you still have to take it. And I think they match up well to take down a team like Syracuse. Yeah, it's like, would Syracuse be 4-0 with their schedule? Maybe, probably, I hope so. I would so. say yes. Mm -hmm. But also, Liberty has done it in a pretty matter-of-fact type of manner. I mean, Malik Willis slides in, an Auburn transfer, so you know he's got talent at the quarterback position. A dual-threat guy replaces Steven Buckshot Calvert. And, I mean, they did lose a lot from last year's team, but they have really picked up right where they left off, 8-5 and five year last year. I was at the Liberty game last year, and there was some talks going into that game that, hey, like, it's Hugh Freeze. This is not your everyday FCS to bed. FBS. Right. That's so amazing to me. I, I I still remember, like, seeing Dino point up to him with a little thumbs up after the game. That Somehow that storyline was, like, not talked about enough, even though it probably was talked about a ton. It was memed just, enough. It was definitely memed yeah, enough. Yeah, for sure. And, and it was so weird because I was right at, like, eye level he was right across the way from uh me i was as i was watching him where i was at that game so kind of funny to see him you could see right through the window that he was in his hospital bed from my vantage point but anyway they they did lose a lot i mean they lose antonio gandy golden who goes right. to the nfl goes he's the NFL, off to yeah. a good start yeah legit wide receiver and buckshot calvert their quarterback who was first team all name in college football for sure his first name steven but they called him buckshot so he was a big passer <laughs> for them uh, Malik Willis, though, has looked great, and he's a dual-threat guy that I think can present a lot of problems, and that's the thing. Liberty matches up pretty well against Syracuse when you factor in that they have the seventh-best rushing attack per stati statistics right now in the entire NCAA in terms of 251 rushing yards per contest so far. So really the crux of this whole podcast is how much of that is Liberty has played a bad schedule and how much of that is Liberty is legit good. And this is the first litmus test game for them. So it's going to be a tough one and it's going to be a tough one to predict and an interesting one to watch for sure. Here's what I'll say about Malik Willis. And you have to call him a dual threat quarterback because he's a quarterback. He's not much of a threat with his arm. And that's the thing that I'm looking at going into this game. He only has over 180 passing yards once this season, and he only has one passing touchdown heading into this game. Now, he did miss a game, but still, when you're playing this soft of a schedule, you should have some stats padded up. You should have some explosive plays to your name. They don't have a ton of that on this Liberty team. So that's what makes me think, okay, this could be a very one-dimensional attack. And when you look at it, 63% of the 
plays run by Liberty are rushing plays. They are fifth in the country in time of possession at almost 35 minutes a game. Those are the things that are going to hurt Syracuse. And that's what, that's frankly where this game is going to be decided. And you want to know another big statistic with this team? Third downs. Offensively, they are 19th in the country at 47.5% on third down. Defensively, they're 13th, holding teams under 30%. So when you put that into consideration now for this game, if they can stretch this game out and if they can sit on this ball for 35, 37 minutes, they're going to run away with it, no pun intended. And you look at the way that Willis can run the ball. He's got 13-plus carries every single game, 85-plus yards every single game, four rushing touchdowns. This is a guy who can hurt Syracuse. And you've also got a pretty good back to complement him as well in Joshua Mack, who's averaging over six yards a carry as well. So if they can get this rushing game going, that's going to pose a lot of problems, and that's where you're going to start to see the the holes of this Syracuse defense start to really be exposed. Yeah, obviously Joshua Mack is going to be that huge storyline of this game, and I mean that in the sense of we probably could have thrown him in the prop shot as they're going to in the prop shop, I should say, as they're going to do like a video package on him, just because he's from Rochester. I'm sure a lot of Syracuse fans know his story by now, but a kid that wanted to play at Syracuse, his dad was pretty active in trying to get Syracuse to look at him right in their backyard in Rochester. And Syracuse is basically like, yeah, he can maybe be a preferred walk-on, but we don't see him as a scholarship player. So then he goes to Maine, and he's kind of proved everyone wrong since then. I don't know if he really would have obviously put up the same numbers to the degree if he that he is doing at Liberty, if he would have gone to Syracuse. Maybe you have your own opinion on that if you're listening. But, I mean, he's, he's right up there in terms of, like, pro football focus running back grades, and he was even up there last year. He was seventh best in the nation last year with an 89.5 rushing grade on pro football focus now he's kind of their main guy because Hickson leaves, and he's 20th this year on Pro Football Focus, so he hasn't even taken that much of a step down. He's already got three 100-yard games. He's third among active FBS players in rushing yards for the entire career so far. So this is a back that maybe doesn't have a ton of speed, but he's a physical downhill runner that could present a lot of problems, and he's really scary when you factor in that He's going to get up for this game as much as any game in his entire college career because he's in the Dome, and this is the school that wouldn't recruit him, and he wants to prove them wrong. And I know he got a chance to play them last year, and I remember he did fumble once, but he wasn't the go-to guy for them last year. This year, to me, he is much more the go-to guy, and we'll see. I mean, he's going to be running hard no matter what. He's going to be running hard on Saturday. We know that. All right, we'll get back to some Liberty thoughts in just a little bit. But first, we got to tell you about Built Go from the same people who brought you the best protein bar on the market. Built Go is the premier workout gel out there. Everyone faces a mental or physical wall throughout the day. You can break through that with Built Go. I recently got back into running thanks to our guy, Justin Knight. He got me on a little running program, and I use Built Go every day. It helps me break down that wall of getting back into something I haven't done in quite some time. It's a healthy replacement for your energy drink. It comes in one and a half ounce packages, which means you can put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, or even just your pocket so you're ready to break through whatever wall life throws your way. Think of your favorite energy drink without the crash or unhealthiness. 
Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, or my personal favorite, the chocolate mint. It combines energy and collagen protein, which means it ignites a better day for you while also promoting joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. It literally is going to make you look better. Right now, visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED at BuiltGo.com. You'll get 20% off your next order. Let's go. The question now becomes, with this Syracuse team, what can they do to stop Liberty? Because the defense has been atrocious. You look at the rushing uh, defense for this team. Over 230 yards per game, 71st out of the 76 teams that have played a game so far this season. That's what really concerns me is the fact that if this Liberty team can move the ball on the ground, it's not going to be much of a game. And when I look at the, the formula here, like if Liberty was beating teams right now passing the ball, I'm feeling pretty good about Syracuse heading into this game. I don't know about you, but that's the way I would feel about this. So the fact that yep. they've been moving the ball on the ground and they've got multiple guys that can run with the ball, that is what is giving me a lot of pause from picking Syracuse in this game. And we will get to our full picks, including against the spread, totals, and the fake lines that we make up in the prop shop a little later on in the show. But I think that the running can travel into this game, into this matchup against a little bit stiffer competition because the rushing defense has been so bad on the other side for Syracuse. Yeah, so the counter to that, and to play devil's advocate, I don't necessarily lean this way, but you could say, okay, Liberty was a pretty good rushing attack last year in their type of peer competition, and in their, I was going to say their conference, but they're independent, so... Essentially, when they played non-Power 5 teams, they were pretty solid. And they played a Syracuse defense, who, after they played Liberty, we thought was good last year, but we learned it was not good at stopping the run Narrative whatsoever. Voice, they were not. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, we knew Syracuse was bad on rushing defense last year. Arguably, maybe even slightly worse. I mean, it's hard to say right now. It's so early on in the season. Liberty was supposed to be good last year at offensively and they turned out to be pretty good offensively against these lesser teams well as i said earlier liberty rushed for negative four yards now some of those stats are because they had so many sacks that they allowed but the point is syracuse dominated them in the trenches hopefully that happens again if you're a syracuse fan that's kind of what you're clinging to right now but you're right there is a scenario in this game where liberty comes out and like we saw with bc last year they don't even have to pass the ball. They can just give it to Josh Mack, Peyton Pickett. They can have Willis run. I mean, Willis has rushed for more yards at the quarterback position than any other quarterback in the FBS so far this season. Limited sample size, bad schedule, all that. But still, he can move on offense. He is a true rushing threat when he gets back, and he's going to look to run in this game. So there's a scenario where Liberty just runs literally right out of the carrier dome with this and they win this game by 20 or 30 i know that sounds crazy to some syracuse fans but i mean this could be the holy crap like death con smash the panic button the dino babers era has hit rock bottom game and it could just be because liberty just runs the ball right down our throats and that's the thing too is think about why syracuse has stayed in some of these games it's the turnovers but if you're facing a team that's going to run 63% of their plays on the ground, I trust creating interceptions a lot more than I trust creating fumbles. And 
those turnovers might not be there as much for this Syracuse team because of the fact that you're going to go up against a team that runs the ball and runs it a lot. And they're going to wear you down too. And maybe they start to beat you on a couple play action plays with some inexperienced guys in the secondary. This Syracuse team is banged up. And last week, we did not see a lot of tackling out there. We saw some big 12 tackling in the Carrier Dome. And that's not a compliment. That is not a compliment even in the slightest. So that's what I need to see now is are these linebackers going to go out? Are they going to show that last week was a fluke in terms of tackling? And say what you want about the the grades of Andre Sisco, but he has upped his game tackling-wise this year. And I think that's going to be sorely missed in the secondary and the second level of preventing some of these big plays from happening. You're going up against two guys that average at least six yards a game on the ground, a quarterback and a running back. They are both threats to run out of the backfield at the same time. And I don't know if this young Syracuse defense can handle that, and you're not going to be getting a lot of pressure up front on the defensive line either. You bring up, okay, negative four yards last year in the game against Liberty for the Flames rushing the ball against the Syracuse defense. Well, the Orange also had a couple of NFL-caliber guys on the defensive line. Alton Robinson, of course, an NFL draft pick, and Kendall Coleman, a guy who was picked up in training camps and has done some tryouts this past week, too. So you're looking at guys now who are going to need to step it up on the defensive line if this team is going to actually make an impact in stopping the run. And I just don't see it happening with the guys that Syracuse has out there right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, probably going to come down to the trenches. I think on the other side of the ball, kind of flipping the script, Syracuse offensively, Liberty has a decent rush defense, which is a little bit troublesome. I mean, it's decent. It's it's not great, and they, again, played a bad schedule, so I'll just say decent is as far as I can go with it. They have a couple edge rushers that can get to the quarterback for sure, and that is definitely the troublesome part because, again, I know I keep saying this, but Aaron Service, I just, I've been very underwhelmed by him this year. It's almost like he's playing hurt. I mean, I want to, like, make up an excuse for him, and I don't know if I'm off there. I, at least to me, it just feels like... I think we floated that earlier. Like, y- yeah. he does not look right out there. Yeah, and pro football focus, he is one of the like lowest rated tackles in the entire country right now. I think like five or six guys are behind him on his individual player grade currently. So, I mean, the stats kind of back up what I'm seeing and it's not great what I'm seeing. So Liberty should be able to get to the quarterback in this game a little bit. The thing is Liberty is very vulnerable in the secondary and that's where a good team will look to exploit them. The problem is we've got Rex Culpepper, and that's a huge unknown. I mean, how well can he really throw down fields? I'd like to see, I'd like to say that he can go to Taj Harris over the top like we saw against Pitt consistently, but I don't know if I'm there yet after seeing some of the curl routes and some of the other throws that he has also thrown in there. So if Rex has a good game, plays are going to be out there. I mean, guys are going to get open. Even though the receivers have struggled to get separation, guys like Taj are going to get open in this no, game. No, I wouldn't because... even say necessarily the receivers have struggled to get separation. Well, they've struggled we've to just catch, seen a lot too. Of, <laughs> they've struggled to catch, and we've also seen some bad throws. But the separation, I don't know if that's necessarily the biggest problem with this team. I'd say Taj has gotten separation. Outside of that, I don't know if there's been I think a lot. Queely, I mean, there's and not a physical to be honest, guy. I think Courtney Jackson has gotten separation. He just hasn't caught the ball, which you can get all the separation you want. But if you're not catching the ball, it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, a couple times in zone coverage, they've, you know, found some spots and then dropped passes. But man-to-man, for the most part, the only guy I've really seen consistently win his battles has been Taj so far. And that's that's kind of... I mean, Quigley's been fine. I'm not knocking them entirely. I mean, they should be able to get separation, though, is the bottom line in this game. And there will be pass plays out there. The question mark is, can Rex execute... And how long will Dino go to Rex if he can't execute? Now, I'm not assuming that he's just... But I'm, I'm worried that he might not because we've seen a lot of sloppy passes from Rex and this isn't some highly touted arm that Syracuse has right now as their quarterback. We did see the depth chart came out. It is an or designation between Dylan Markowicz as well as Jacoby and Morgan. So when you look at this, and I, I just want to spend a quick couple minutes and then we'll get to DeBundo's digits and get your, your Syracuse Liberty stats report heading into this game. But when you look at the quarterback position, what's it going to take in your book? I know what it takes in mine. What's it going to take in your book to see Rex get the hook? Uh, I would say after the first half, if it is, if you're down after the first half and Rex isn't getting it done, yank him. I really don't want to see these guys lose. To Liberty, at home, I mean, that will send shockwaves. I mean, that'll become a national storyline to an extent, right? Because Liberty will then be Hugh Freeze. Look what he's doing. And then the second part of that story will be, holy crap, let's all laugh at Syracuse. And I know that's not what we... Like, this is a big game for Dino. I know that he's... It really is. As we've talked... Yeah. We we talked about this earlier. Right. Yeah. But the pandemic is saving his seat, I think. This is the type of game, Ty, where if you lose this, you might lose recruits. Like, I I hope that's not the case, right? But this looks really bad to lose the one non ACC game on your schedule because then, I mean, you're sitting at one wins and you're looking up at the rest of the schedule and you're not going to be favored in a game the rest of the way. Now, you're not even favored in this one, which is already a bad look for sure. But if you go out and lose, and especially, especially if Liberty takes it to him, then, I mean, that's a storyline where people are going to be laughing at Syracuse way more than any of us want to admit. And I'm worried. I mean, I'm really worried because I don't know what to expect entirely from Liberty, but I also know Syracuse's offense has given us nothing to cling to right now. And I'm worried if Liberty can run the football, this could get ugly. For me with Rex... I, I'm I'm taking the stance that, okay, unless things go catastrophically wrong in that first half, like if he throws three interceptions, then get him out of there. But I'm giving him the first half. And if he's not performing in that first half, then guess what? You have to make a move. You cannot flounder in this game. This is a dark, dark stand. And we talked about this last week too. Last week was the worst loss in the Dino Babers era given the circumstances of everything that was happening. There have been a lot of bad losses this year. You cannot afford to have this many bad losses this deep into your tenure at a school. You can't. It's inexcusable at this point. So that being said, Rex gets the first half, barring a a half where he throws three picks or something like that. And if he's not getting it done, I'm not saying if they're trailing, he's out, okay? Like if they're down three at the half, and he's putting up points, okay, I'm keeping him out there. But if they're down 10, if they're down a couple touchdowns, dare I say even more, and you're getting gashed, I think you have 
to absolutely yes. have to make a move if you're Dino. Because guess what? It shows something about you as a coach, too. It shows you're strong enough to make the tough decisions. And I don't know if Dino has been strong enough to make the tough decisions in the past. Sure, he made it one time. We saw it with Tommy DeVito coming in and spelling. Yeah, I was going to say, he will yank a quarterback. Game. That, that is something that we have seen him do. But there are also a lot of tough decisions that he has not made as well. And I'm looking forward to see if he is going to make probably the most difficult one of his of his coaching career at Syracuse. Because it, it's going to become a question, I think, at some point in this game of, okay, it may be time to move on to the next guy. And I don't know if he will. I really don't know. I hope he does, but I can't say for certain that he will here. I think he will. And also, I'll add this. It's Clemson after this, and it's at Clemson. So if you're on the fence, if we get through even a quarter, I get your thing about the half, but let's say a quarter of Rex, and he has tossed two picks, and it is really ugly. Hope that's not the case, but let's say it is. I'm all for going to a freshman because I don't want the freshman's first game to be at Clemson and their first. And guess what? You know what? Clemson. I'm cool playing this the way that Schaefer did this against, I believe it was Central Michigan. Okay, where he threw both guys out there and essentially said, "All right, here's your tryout. (laughs) Winner of this gets the next game." Yeah, that was between uh, AJ Long and Zach Mahoney, and we've heard Zach tell that story about essentially having a tryout within a game. And I'm not afraid. I'm not saying alternate drives, but you you ride the hot hand. Whether he wants to go with Jacobian first, whether he wants to go with Dylan first, you're throwing those guys out there, and I'm cool with them throwing it. You know, I would love to see a tryout out there. Because uh, see, I don't know day, if I'd love that. I think that's a lot of moving well, parts. I, I I like sticking to a guy. I, if you have two do quarterbacks, I. do you have one? The old expression. Well, we we know this this roster has zero quarterbacks right now. Okay, <laughs> that's true. They have none, unfortunately. So that that's the state of it. And, and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to see Dino make some tough calls in this game. And I'm wondering if he's gonna have the the gall to be able to do that let's get into debundo's digits now here where anthony debundo writer for the daily orange gives you your syracuse stats report heading into this week's game the numbers you need to know anthony debundo breaks down the biggest stats for this week's syracuse matchup debundo's digits on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Syracuse is off a 38-24 defeat to Duke last Saturday, and the scoreline doesn't really indicate how badly Duke beat down the Orange last Saturday. The Blue Devils broke off six runs of 15 yards or more, and they pretty much dominated every facet of the game besides turnovers. The next up for the Orange is Liberty, and the Flames ranked top 10 in rushing success rate in the country. Now, that number doesn't take into account strength of schedule, and the Flames' schedule has been weak for sure. Liberty has four wins, no losses, and they've come against Western Kentucky, Florida International, North Alabama, and Louisiana Monroe. The Flames rank pretty low in overall offensive explosiveness, and their overall success rate and explosiveness metrics aren't that different than Georgia Tech's were prior to them entering the Dome a few weeks back. The Flames' offense is at best when it's sustaining long drives and not necessarily hitting the big play. The player to watch is Auburn transfer quarterback Malik Willis, who is a dual-threat quarterback and led the Flames in rushing in two of the three games he's played this season. But when we look at finishing drives, the Orange ranked third worst in the country following just two drives that crossed the opponent's 40 in the loss to Duke. Those drives resulted in a field goal in the fourth quarter and a Tommy DeVito QB sneak failure on fourth and one. 
The Orange are averaging 1.6 points each time they cross the opponent's 40-yard line. And the bad offensive numbers don't end there for SU. The Cuse has been successful on just 23.6% of its offensive plays. That's 5% worse than every other team in Division I FBS football. Now, the Orange will have to replace quarterback Tommy DeVito. Compare this to Liberty, who gets 3.5 points per scoring opportunity and is successful on 47.2% of its plays so far in 2020 on offense. One noticeable improvement for the Flames when compared to Duke is that Liberty ranks much better in defense havoc allowed, meaning they do a much better job of protecting the football and preventing negative plays than Duke did. Liberty does have a small edge in line yards on both sides of the ball, but when you factor in opponent's strength of schedule, the Orange and Flames should be able to play to a wash in the trenches. But if Liberty's rushing offense is able to take over and control the line of scrimmage, it could be a long afternoon for the Orange. Its young and inexperienced linebackers and safeties will need to tackle better and not miss assignments if the Orange want to avoid what could be seen as an embarrassing loss to the Flames to drop to 1-4. and four. All right, our thanks to Anthony. As always, go check him out. Check out his work with the Daily Orange, or you can follow him on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. Okay, so first of all, do you know that open that that I put together? Do you know the the origins of some of those things? That is the Eric Dungy stats video. And if you have not okay, seen the Eric yeah. Dungy stats video, go to YouTube after you're done with the show, or you can just pause us right now and then come back to us right after. But just search Eric Dungy stats on YouTube, and it is a math a good one. rap that him <laughs> and his buddies made in high school so check that out there's some great stuff in there so we, we had to throw that in also the bundle left out the biggest number the biggest number and that's the fact that he is the leader in the clubhouse right now in the syracuse scoop standings we have to give him a uh, second yeah. point tim because guess what he got the scoop that andre cisco is opting out and heading to the nfl draft so yeah Props Got to DeBundo. That is point number two. By the on way, the board real quick, DeBundo. That video was made before the season, right? Is that our assumption? I'm kind of. There. I, I think. Yeah, it had I, I wouldn't be surprised. The way that it was worded, I, I don't want to speculate. That's not our thing. But the way oh, that he said, thing. "I've yeah, <laughs> I've decided to opt out of the 2020 season." You don't really. Why would he say that if he just recorded those voice tracks, like? the other day yeah i mean you would say I, i've decided to opt out of the rest of or i agree i'm he yeah, may have been I, one I just, of those guys on the fence at the beginning of the year yeah and whatever i mean i'm not saying that's listen good i don't bad. blame I just, him too i mean yeah. he's one of those guys who probably saw this year as okay well i am risking a lot i don't know how much i can actually gain and maybe he's one of those guys who got people were in his ear saying, hey, the NFL execs aren't going to think too highly of you if you sit the season out. So you should go ahead and play in this season. And listen, I totally get that. I'm totally cool with that about face from him if he did decide to flip. And and you can't blame him either. So yeah, that's that's the bummer is the reason why he was debating opting out. Well, part of the reason probably I shouldn't assume is because of injury. And unfortunately that that pan i mean that i have terrible in a, for him in, yeah in is, a freak yeah. freak accident as well so very very tough to see but i guess we won't see him go fifth overall to the jaguars now can we uh can yeah. we rule that out cross that off is that is that out can we flesh that out now yeah i, I hope he still gets a, a you know not too dinged on where he would have been because he's such a, he's been such a great player for syracuse and it's a bummer the way it ended 
Hey, like I said, Eddie Jackson. And I think he's cool having an Eddie Jackson career. So, (laughs) all right, when we come back, we're going to go into the prop shop, give you our fake Syracuse lines. And we're also going to talk some spread and over under with you as well. That's coming up next. All right, time for our favorite part of the week. It is the Prop Shop, where Tim and I create our fake bets, our fake lines. You can play along with us on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse. So for those of you that are new to the show, we go through a couple of different prop bets that we craft up throughout the week, and then we give our sides on these respective bets, and then we also give you our game picks for the spread as well as the over-under. So Tim... We're both coming off rough weeks here in that Duke game. Rough Not week. as rough as Syracuse, yeah. but still pretty rough. I edged you out slightly, two and five on the week. You went one and six. We both hit the the line on the Chase Bryce package of his miraculous comeback against Just Syracuse. Just got it off. Just got right. it off right before that first quarter horn, but we got it nonetheless. And I also was correct in predicting over two and a half turnovers, and then we struck out on the rest. Okay. We had so, some bad beats, real quick. I, we I was just going to say, the sack I was going through, we set five and a half, there was six, and Rex got a sack on like the very last drive to make it ooh, six when he came in. A little in. backdoor L for us. Yeah, and then Sean Tucker, we set the over-under at 14 carries. He had 12. We were both over on that. And also, I was right on with Luke Benson. I called the touchdown. He also got touchdown. injured, too. Yeah. Yeah, he did get injured. That's true. And I called the Luke Benson touchdown. It just wasn't the first TD. So that would have been, I mean, I would be swimming in cash if it was the first TD because he was oh, one yeah. shot odds. But yeah, nope, not that time. So you're the heavy leader on the season right now, 16 and 13. You're up 410 overall. Meanwhile, I am floundering. I am 14 and 15, and I am down 300. We'll see if I can rally back this week. Okay, so we start with this. It's what's on everyone's mind. The over-under snaps for freshman QBs. It can be Morgan. It can be Markowicz. It can be Summers. Over-under, seven and a half. What do you like? I'm going to go over. And I think I said seven and a half because that's maybe like one series. So if you think that this is a two-series type thing, there's also a chance maybe that there's an injury too or... It's a blowout in the Liberty fashion. I hope that's not the case. Gosh, but that could happen. Then they go to them. I think Dino will make the change if he needs to. As we talked about, he did that against UNC. So I'm going to say slightly over. I'm going to join you on there. I think that he's going to get to a point where he has no choice. Have to go over here. And I think he might kind of play the way that I've game planned this out. You give Rex the half. You go into the locker room, say, hey, man, you gave it your best. We're going to go with Dylan, or we're going to go with Jacobian, or I doubt it's going to be David Summers, but maybe it's David Summers. Who knows? But I think that, yes, in the second half, we are going to see a decent amount of the freshman QBs, so give me the over as well. Rex Culpepper total touchdowns over under one and a half. I may have set this too high kind of looking back on it, but because we're both pretty down on Rex, if you haven't noticed, but I mean, it is Liberty. It's, it's a bad defense. It's a school that used to be in the FBS like two years ago. So you kind of have to at mm-hmm. least yeah. FCS. Sorry. Um, you got to give him some benefit of the doubt that he can move the ball. And I just don't think Syracuse has, they haven't shown me enough on offense. So I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under as well, because you're kind of, 
making almost the same bet here as the first one. You cannot go over on this and also go over on the freshman snaps, in my opinion. So that's yeah. why I'm going under on this as well. I think he might be able to run for some success. I agree. Liberty, but yeah. we'll have to see how all that gets fleshed out. Over under on the sacks allowed, our Sidibe special of the week, the Syracuse offensive line special of the week, sacks allowed over under four and a half. I'll go under. I think Rex is a little bit more mobile, and maybe they go to a freshman and that hurts it, but I'm going to say they can hold Liberty a little bit better in the trenches. DeBundo just laid out how the line yards and the trenches shouldn't be that much of an advantage one way or the other, which is saying something because Syracuse is bad in those categories. So considering that's Liberty against a bad schedule, they've done that. I think they'll be fine in the offensive line side of things. Yeah, I'm joining you. We're three for three on agreement so far. Right. So I'm going to join you. I'm going to take the under on this one at four and a half. I just, I, it feels like Georgia Tech. Liberty's a very similar team to Georgia Tech. They don't throw the ball as much, but you're not going to see a lot of pressure up front, I don't think. And I any sack numbers that you see from the first couple games this season, take with a heavy, heavy grain of salt right now. Because yeah. like we mentioned, the second worst strength of schedule in the entire country right now. All right, one of our favorites here. First Syracuse touchdown. I'll run through the roll call of odds right here. You've got Sean Tucker, plus 225. He's followed up by Taj Harris at plus 285. Aaron Hackett, plus 360. Markenzie Pierre, plus 400. Jawar Jordan, plus 500, although he may be out with an injury. Nikeem yeah. Johnson, plus 500. A Rex run, plus 500. Luke Benson, plus 550. A defensive touchdown, plus 700. You'll get the same odds on Anthony Queeley or no touchdown slash other at plus 800. All right, I'm going to go Marquensee Pierre. And Ooh, my logic okay. is I don't really like Marquensee Pierre. I don't think he's been that good this year. But Sean Tucker might be hurt in this game. So I'm just going to take the odds at plus 400. Maybe they'll get down there a couple times. And if they run it in, I think a Rex run has some potential here. So I'm, I'm I would agree. very close to plus 500 Rex run, but I'm going to go Pierre to punch it in from like a yard out at plus 400. You know, I'm tired of getting burned on this one, Tim. I really am. I'm going to roll with it. Taj Harris. I mean, have yeah, you picked him one time, right? right? And, and, and yeah. you got it. I'm tired of getting burned on it. It seems like he gets the first touchdown whenever I had to lower scores. the odds a lot. So it, it was, I'm going to roll like with plus 400. Yeah. yeah. I'm rolling with Taj Harris. The 285 is enticing enough for me. He is one of the the favorite-ish kind of guys on this list, but I have to stick with him. So I'm going Taj Harris at plus 285. Although, you know, I kind of like Anthony Queeley's odds here a little bit too. At yeah. the plus 700, he's a speedster. We know Rex can, he can let it fly sometimes. And he probably had a few more reps with, with a guy like Rex, too. So Queeley's another underdog that I like. But I'm going to go with Taj Harris on this one. Okay. Over under two and a half turnovers forced by the defense. I guess I'll go under because I think Liberty, if all goes right for Liberty, will have their way and be able to run the football a decent amount. And like you said, it's, it's easier to get interceptions or get a sack that forces a fumble than just a running back coughing it up. So in two and a half is a lot, but I mean, I, I went under last week and the defense proved me wrong again. At some point, I feel like they have to have a game where they don't have three or four turnovers. Although this is again, a, a lower quality opponent. So maybe I should go over. I'm still tempted. It's a tough line, but I think I'll go under again. 
Yeah, I went over last week. I am going to opt for the under this time, though, because of the fact you kind of laid it out, and, and it's the, just the fact that they are going to run. There's not going to be as many plays in this game, I don't think, and this Liberty team is going to move fast on this turf. We saw it with Duke. You get a little pop once you get on that turf, and they move the ball really well. I wouldn't expect a lot of fumbles in this game, and I think they're going to opt to run the ball way more than they pass the ball in this one, especially if maybe they get an early interception and they see that they can run the ball on Syracuse. So give me the under 2.5. All right, the game spread. Can you believe this? Liberty, a three-point favorite inside the Dome. Where are you uh, placing your money on this one? I'm taking Liberty, man. I can't believe I'm saying it, and I hope I'm wrong, but I've, I've thought about this a lot. I think there's a scenario where Syracuse easily wins this game, but I also feel like there's a scenario where Liberty just runs all over us. And like we said, a lot of unknown going into this matchup between the injuries and Liberty, but I keep going back to the fact that Syracuse is number one in the country in turnovers forced, and they still are one and three on the season and like they lost 38 24 to duke but they really lost by more so i feel like this team you could make the case is actually like sort of in a fluky way doing better than they should be like it's it's amazing that i'm saying that but now and you have Rex the thing Cole is Pepper. too is they're not turning the ball over like yeah you can you can tout the the turnovers that they've created all you want but it's the turnover margin that's just baffling yeah and I'll say the DeBundo stat that jumped out to me this week, and he's been great, was the percentage of successful plays on offense. I can't remember the exact number now, but I think it was 26 25%, whatever it was. He said it was 5 or 6% lower than the next worst team in the entire country. I mean, that's the concerning part for me because that was with Tommy DeVito. Now we've got Culpepper, who I'm not very high on, so... Yeah, I, I'm going to say Liberty wins this game. I'll go 24-14. They win it by 10, and I think they cover. Yeah, I'm going to join you. Another Liberty cover, a Liberty win. I'm going to take them 31-21 oh, to 21 in this game. And that, for me, would give me the under, just by the hook, 52.5 is the total on this game. So I'm taking the under on that as well. I'll take it's, that too. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe that that is Gosh. the way. Listen, and I can see this game going either way. Like, Yeah, me too. We've talked about it. This Liberty team could just be a complete fluke. They are receiving votes right now, but there is a world where this team is just an absolute joke and gets flattened, kind of like Syracuse did to them last year. But at the same yeah. time, the, the same world exists in, in a parallel universe where this team just runs all over the Syracuse defense and the tackling woes continue. And I right. think that it, it's those two factors combined. It, it just, I, my mind has never been in more of a pretzel trying to pick a Syracuse game. It really yeah, hasn't. It's a I tough mean, matchup it, for this them, is, though. Yeah, the matchup is not great. And then you've got yeah. all the other ex, external factors like the Syracuse quarterback dilemma and injuries and all that stuff. It's just such a tough game to pick. But I am going to go with Liberty. I, I think that the running game is going to travel. It doesn't matter necessarily the degree of the competition, just with the magnitude that Syracuse has had in terms of its struggle to defend the run. Yeah, and the other thing is, if Syracuse gets down, I don't have a lot of faith in them being able to move the ball and come back, and I can't really... I think Liberty has a better shot of being able to do that, unfortunately. 
Yep, absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for us here on our Liberty preview for the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Check out all of our other shows that we've done. We've done some quarterback-centered stuff. Matthew Gutierrez gave his two cents on the quarterback situation as well as the state of Syracuse football. You can find it in your podcast feed wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Syracuse and give us a subscribe, a rate, a comment as well. We'd appreciate all of that. He also talked about some basketball stuff too. So if you've just had enough, enough of this football team and you want to check out some hoop stuff you can get that from matthew gutierrez as well on our thursday edition of the show so for tim i'm tyler we're hoping we're talking about a syracuse win on monday fingers crossed but we're not feeling confident about it and we will discuss it all with you on monday